Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. Hey guys, wanted to make a big correction in this episode. Uh, I mentioned that this is our first musical, and then I quickly correct myself and only mention one other musical. Uh, we've done Les Mis, we've done uh, Meet Me in St. Louis, uh, I think The Singing Detective Counts, and there's probably another one that I'm missing. Oh, I think Some Like It Hot would count as a musical. Uh, but yeah, so um, there's been a few. So uh, we have a lot of episodes with musicals, so please check those out too. I just want to make sure I highlight those and I don't forget them. So if you hear me say something incorrect in this episode, please dismiss uh, and thank you so much. Hey, this is Lisa and you're listening to I Love That Movie. If you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can reach me at ILTM Podcast. And I'm also on Instagram, uh, I Love That Movie Podcast. And I have a Facebook group. Uh, it's just a safe space where movie lovers can discuss their favorite films judgment-free. It's a closed group, but send me a request on, on Facebook and I'll add you. Um, and my only rule in there is keep it positive. Uh, not a whole lot to plug today. I will say that our friend Charles Pointer, who is on the podcast, uh, he is actually on the Fight Club episode that we did. He has an event coming up pretty soon called Creature Carnival. Um, it's a fun night of music performances and more, and you can visit, uh, the website for more information. It's at www.creaturecarnival.com. Um, and I will put a link to it in the show notes and that's it, I think for plugs. So <laughs> moving right along, uh, I've got a new guest with me here today. I've got Amanda. Say hi, Amanda. Hello. How are you? Doing really well. I'm glad to, I'm glad we made this happen. We've actually <laughs> talked about doing this episode for, for a while. I think uh, back when your boyfriend was on the episode, uh, on the podcast, sorry, um, we talked about doing one with you um, and you always had the same pick every time we talked about it. But before we introduce that, we'll tease that. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to the audience? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Amanda. Um, I've known Lisa for a while now. Um, <laughs> yeah, we go back. Um, but yeah, I uh, I do a lot of swing dancing, um, a lot of ballroom dancing. So as you're going to see from my pick, it um, uh, ties in a lot with that. Um, I'm not as big of a movie buff as like my boyfriend who was on earlier, Curtis. Um, but I do definitely have my, my favorites. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to be on here. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go ahead. We teased it already. What, what movie are we talking about today? We'll be talking about Chicago. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I don't think we've done a musical. Well, oh wait, we did the greatest showman. 
Okay. Which, of course, is like the one movie musical I have not really seen, even though <laughs> I love them. I love everything about them. I like the camp. I just, I don't know. But I haven't seen Greatest Showman, which I have been told a million times I need to see. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's surprising. I mean, it's definitely not a traditional musical by any means. Um, it's definitely more pop music, but it's pretty enjoyable. I've done uh, but let's to a song from that movie if that counts. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> which which song? This is me. So Oh my gosh, I love that song. It's like yeah. brings tears to my eyes. We can't talk about it or I'll start tearing up. Okay. Um, no, back <laughs> back to this movie, uh, mm-hmm. Chicago, which came out in two thousand two. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did you first see this movie? So I actually like can't pinpoint exactly when it definitely wasn't in theaters. Um, there was like a string of time where like me and a bunch of girls I worked with would like watch this and Moulin Rouge and mm, other Moulin kind Rouge. of movie musicals. So I think this was just kind of lumped in there. Um, mm-hmm. So it was probably that's probably around 2009. So it was a while after it actually came out. But um, I don't know why it didn't pop up on radar before then. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know when exactly I first saw this movie, but I think I did like on a streaming service. It was nowhere near around the time it came out. I think at that time I just wasn't that into musicals. I hadn't seen a lot of them, so this kind of was just not on my radar, which we'll talk about um on this episode. I guess I didn't realize how big of a musical it actually is. Like I knew the 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 musical it's based on was huge, but I didn't realize what a big splash this movie actually made. So it was really interesting to revisit it and then also researching it and seeing it under that lens this time around. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Let's see. Well, uh, I guess before we jump in too much further, I'm going to go ahead and read the synopsis really quick. Okay. All right, so the synopsis for Chicago. Uh, Nightclub sensation Velma, Catherine Zeta-Jones, murders her philandering husband, and Chicago's slickest lawyer, Billy Flynn, Richard Gere, is set to defend her. But when Roxy, played by Renee Zellweger, also winds up in prison, Billy takes on her case as well, turning her into a media circus of headlines. Neither woman will be outdone in their fight against each other and the public for fame and celebrity. Yep, that sums that up. <laughs> That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> um, I've got a couple quick facts that I wanted to throw out there uh, before we dive in. But um, if you have any, you know, thoughts on them, feel free to chime in. Or if you have, um, you know, a, a fact of your own, feel free to share that too. The play Chicago was Maureen Dallas Watkins' retelling of, you know, two very public murder trials that occurred in 1924, those of Beulah Annan and Belva Gardner. Uh, Watkins covered these trials for the Chicago Tribune and wrote the character of Mary Sunshine as a self-portrait. For Belva Gardner, better known as Velma Kelly, she had a much less glitzy fate. She was acquitted and went on to have a few run-ins with the law, but ended up living a semi-normal life before dying of natural causes in California in 1965 at the age of 80. Although in the case of uh, Beulah, uh, Sheriff Anon, a.k.a. Roxy Hart, it was a more grisly end. It's true she was acquitted of murder of her lover, thanks to the skills of her highly paid attorney, who was bankrolled by her stunningly loyal husband, but she repaid that debt by publicly divorcing him after her release. She remarried two more times before her death, and she died of tuberculosis four years later. Yikes. Yeah. That's a four. grisly end. That's a lot to happen in four years, too. I know, like a divorce, tuberculosis, it's a lot going on. Yeah, um, before we uh, 
started recording, I rewatched. There's this really funny. Have you ever watched Drunk History? Yes. yes. Okay. There's a really funny, uh, like drunk history about these two women, and it was just amusing to to watch that right before this. Yeah, (laughs) you do. I'll send you the link. I'll I'll put it in the show notes too. But I mean, basically, it was saying the same thing that you know what really drew everybody to the sick this case was it was like I think one of the first huge public trials like this. I mean, it, it sort of you know, reminds us of like OJ Simpson or something, you know, it's like this big salacious story. And that's what kept people so excited and so interested. Meanwhile, there were probably more deserving people that needed help, uh, you know, that were actually innocent that didn't really get that because it was more exciting to learn about these two like sexy ladies that killed their husbands. But that's kind of what the movie's about, sort of a commentary on that, (laughs) you know, about how we're more into like, (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. many it's like, high profile cases that you're like, obviously guilty, but. <laughs> yeah. But um, nonetheless, it's extremely entertaining. Uh, this became Miramax's highest grossing film when it uh, hit the box office. It was like, I think, $171 million. So that's, that's pretty high. high. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, high for the time. Yeah. <laughs> now we have movies reaching a billion. This feels like every day, but uh, very high for a film like that. Um, the 1996, gosh, man, I'm tripping up all over my words today. The 1996 smash revival of the 1975 musical was one of the very few instances of a Broadway revival that was far more successful than the original. It was still running as of May 2008, and given the long run, a, a difficult history of bringing the show to the screen, many believe that if the Broadway musical had not been successful in that 1996 revival, the 2002 film would have never been made. Well, and I think the 96 revival, people by then were wanting that retro 20s, you know, jazz age. Like mm-hmm. in the 70s, who cared about that? Like there was a whole other revolution happening. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like maybe the that's a good point. Of that is is crucial there too. Like this, this retelling of the story doesn't mean much in the lens of the seventies versus the nineties. So, yeah, I think, and I feel like there's a lot politically in the nineties too, that was going on, you know, like the Monica Lewinsky thing and OJ Simpson and yeah, Yeah, it was, I don't know. I don't remember exactly the timing of all that, but yeah, like there's definitely a lot more instances of powerful people or glamorous people getting, released for you know not much more than being famous so I yeah <laughs> that and nostalgia you know everything has a cycle so yeah definitely I mean, like the 20s trend is still still cruising along <laughs> so. <laughs> so um did you have any quick facts you wanted to throw in too um i know when i was researching stuff i mean john c Riley is an absolute treasure anyway but he is in this movie he like, as no one should be surprised, he is, like, a clown enthusiast. So he was so insistent <laughs> on doing, like, his own makeup and, like... Oh, that's cool. Doing, I love that. Yeah. And so, I don't know. Like, we'll talk about this later, I'm sure, when we go through the whole story. But he is definitely, like, I love him so much in this. <laughs> Me too. He's, like, he injects um, some heart into this film. Oh, which is largely the just only about character you yeah. actually can root for in this thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, <sighs> exactly. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, um, yeah, and he plays Amos Hart in the film. Yeah, he's great in everything. He's one of those people that for so long was just a character actor, and I feel like recently being a character actor is crossing over into being a mainstream actor more and more. Um, as you know, the the field is sort of 
slowly becoming more diverse in terms of, you know, different backgrounds and ages and things like that. So I, I really like that he's getting more of the spotlight, but yeah, he, he does such a great job in this film. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, I did not realize until I started looking into this, that this film won six Oscars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds high, but like, wow, that's so many. Like, that's so cool though. I, including, you know, so I'll, I'll list all six of them. Best picture. Um, also Catherine Zeta-Jones, you know, she got best supporting actress, which I think she absolutely deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, best art direction, set direction, uh, best costume design. I love the costumes in this movie. I think they're great. Right. Uh, best film editing and best sound. So that's, you know, it, they sweeped at the Oscars, which yeah. is the really cool. Amazing. And I love a costume designer that can design costumes for all body shapes because it's easy enough to throw flapper dresses on everybody. But once you get oh, like you're right. in there and like as glamorous as she looks is like, yes, oh, her costumes just make me so happy. <laughs> yeah. Everything looks so great in this film from the production design and set design mm-hmm. to, you know, the costumes that they're wearing. And you're right. They really fit their body types. I, I even thought about that with uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones because, I mean, she, you know, her and uh, Renee Zellweger have such different body types. I mean, different, you know. Yeah. And, like, they both play up their mm-hmm. sexuality really well. In yeah, these, I'm always in very movie. impressed when the costuming is varied like that. Like, because it's yeah. easy enough for a designer to make, you know, one of one size. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was really great. Yeah. I wanted to highlight to the, uh, I guess, kind of transitioning more into the the staff of this movie. Um, so this was directed by Rob Marshall. I think this was actually his first big film to direct, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you may have also seen he directed Mary Poppins Returns recently. I know I saw Memoirs of a Geisha. I, I know he directed, like, I think at least one Pirates of the Caribbean movie. And he's directing The Little Mermaid, the one that's coming out. And I think he Soon-ish. was originally supposed to be the one to direct Rent until it got pushed back. You are absolutely right. Yeah, he was originally going to direct Rent. Um, have you seen any of his other films? Oh, he did do Into the Woods. And I saw that, although, and this has nothing to do really with him, because Into the Woods is, you. it's hard to do that justice without doing everything, which is, you know, three and a half hours long. <laughs> the movie was pretty good, though, still. Like, they still were able to capture... The feeling of Into the Woods, but it's it's just it's one of those things that I'm always going to be like, it's not as good as the stage musicals. So yeah, yeah, that. But I did see that. Um, yeah, I'm kind of looking at his list now here. Uh, it's not a name that like jumped out at me, so I think that's what made me a little bit surprised when I was reading about like Best Picture and you know all these other things. I was like, you know, he he started off very strong. I wonder how The Little Mermaid will be when it comes out. Yeah, it makes me a little bit excited because, yeah, I didn't see Memoirs of a Geisha and I didn't see Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah, I but, think Mary Poppins Returns was, um, you know, was good. I don't, I don't, it's really hard to compare that to the original because the original is just perfect. But I feel like it's in this wave of sequels no one asked for. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Toy Story 4. Like, yeah. I mean, I've heard it's actually pretty good, but did we need it? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, think Disney ever asks if we need it. They right. just go dollar signs. <laughs> but, <enough>. but yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, and also the uh, the writers of, of this particular movie, um, you know, Bill Condon did the screenplay. And of course, this is based on the book by Bob Fosse and Fred Ebb, mm-hmm. which is also based on, you know, what I mentioned earlier, the um, 
the play by Maureen Dallas Watkins. So right. a lot of different hands, but the biggest name that I see in there is Bob Fosse, of course. Um, and I think like, uh, I think of the movie, all that jazz when I think of <laughs> this movie, definitely <laughs> because, you know, it's in there. Uh, right. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, right now we we're kind of having a, um, we, we just had this movie that came out recently with Sam Rockwell that was on effects. I really wanted to see about Bob Fosse. So he's just been on, on the brain. I have mm-hmm. to say, like, I think the choreography in this movie is one of the, you know, big highlights. And obviously that's, he wasn't the choreographer on this because I don't think he was alive, but obviously it was based a lot on his work. And I think that that's yeah. one of the most Although, exciting things about it. Like, so I honestly probably had not seen this since I started like really dancing a lot. Mm-hmm. There is far less, like the choreography is great. There's far less real dancing in it than I was expecting. <laughs> Probably because they're actors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like, it's a lot of like really sexy poses. But like, the, <laughs> even during Cell Block Tango, it wasn't, ex- except for whenever they were in the background, they were, weren't really even dancing tango, which <laughs> I think in my head, I just was like, wait, what is happening? Like, and I should know that that's just how it's going to be. But I guess in my head, I always remembered it as, and they did all this wonderful like swing dancing. And I'm like, no, it was tap, but that's fine. It just wasn't what I was <laughs> expecting. And I went back to go look at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the choreography is still great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, I do think it was probably heavily modified for the mm-hmm. actors because, you know, I'm always skeptical whenever they say, like, it, you know, I was watching the behind the scenes, they're like, everyone learned how to dance. I'm like, that fast? Wow, okay. Um, oh, yeah. It's probably not going to be the same as seeing a Broadway play, no matter what. Exactly. Although, yeah. Catherine Zeta Jones apparently had a pretty big background on the stage in Broadway and stuff. So right. I didn't realize that until I was seeing the behind the scenes. So she kind of, I guess, stands out as somebody who already had that background. Yeah. And you could tell she was definitely, definitely had some experience in that. Um, and it was just, I guess I'm also just so used to partner dancing, which her whole spiel was now she could no longer, or she didn't have, you know, a double act anymore. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> well um i guess next let's kind of get into some of your favorite scenes and i always say you can go in chronological order if you want or you can just pick out some of your favorite scenes totally up to you right um so well i've already mentioned cell block tango which i think is probably one of the best songs um yeah i love that that scene yeah it's so good Um, yeah and the way they filmed it in this was just amazing um and of course i like tried to research like these girls look so familiar to me. And then I realized I really don't have any other credits besides being these <laughs> um, inmates. But um, I always wish I could speak like what is it, Hungarian so I could like know what exactly what she says. Because I always forget every time um, what the one part oh, yeah. of the two language is. I've gone back and read it and I need to find it again. But um, I, I also like the imagery of like the red scars versus the yes. one right, white scarf. Just ugh, I love it. Um, and then probably my other favorite scene is the other one that I have, or there's two more and they're all musical numbers pretty much. Um, the other one is the John C. Riley. um, I'm blanking on the name of the song, Mr. Cellophane. Like that is just a heartbreaking scene. And yeah. it's, uh, and it, like you said, like that's where he injects all this heart and just he's, I don't know. I just that's where I like start to actually get emotional watching this thing. Me too. I feel like it's like, hey, let's remember that there's real people, you know, like that are real victims by this. Yeah, right. 
Because I think it's easy to get caught up, you know, you're getting caught up with the the main characters. Because, I mean, like like you said before, there's no one you're really rooting for. But on some level, you kind of are, though, because, you know, they're the main characters. Yeah. But, like, I think this this scene really highlights, like, you start to realize you're wrong. Right. For rooting for for these women. Like wait, no, they are destroying everybody in their path to, like, succeed to the point that mm-hmm. they are killing people. But, no, like, I'm still rooting for them to get away with it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I you're know. right. It's like, um, what's the opposite of these two? Well, really three, because it's Catherine Zeta-Jones as Velma Kelly, Renee Zellweger as Roxy Hart, and then you've got Richard Gere as Billy Flynn or The Press, you know, it, and right. it's like these three are sort of stealing the show. They're crafting a narrative that their audience is eager to eat up. Mm-hmm. And then who's the victim here is the person that's not getting a voice, basically. The person yeah. that's not as exciting to watch, the person that's not tap dancing and tangoing and all that stuff is the, the person that is is the victim in all this. So, yeah, yeah it, it's it's uh his part is not huge, but you know, he could have just been, I don't know. He could have just been like your typical, you know, I don't know. Uh, husband that's like done dumb, wrong, or dumb, yeah, dumb, like, th- like that she sings about, exactly. <laughs> and, but he really, inje- yeah, she really injects a lot of heart into that or he injects a lot of heart into that. So, yeah. And then I think probably if I was going to name a third one, it would probably be the scene with the press. Um, and we both reached for the gun. Because it yeah, that was a good one too. Just talking about we're like it's all a show, and um, yeah, and just everyone's a puppet in his game. Like pretty much all the Richard Gear like musical numbers and tap dancing scenes. Like I love them. Like I love him anyway. But <laughs> he he was I feel like he was the perfect casting for this. Where it's like oh he's charming, but do you ever really trust him? Not really. So yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, probably. he just sees dollar signs pretty exactly. much. Exactly, that's it. And and the way the whole trial ends is just amazing. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, but we can we can go into that a little bit later too if you want. But uh, I, I think as far as my favorite musical numbers, those are probably my favorite three. Um, but yeah, do you have any? <laughs> well, I agree with you. I really like the tango scene. I, I thought it was interesting when I was watching um, the behind the scenes of this movie. You know, they mm-hmm. talked about if you see, I guess, the musical, it's not the same as this movie in the sense that I don't think there's the same straight through narrative that there is. Mm-hmm. So they had to kind of pick a character, you know, who who's going to be the central figure of the story. And they landed on Roxy Hart. So you're kind of seeing this through her eyes and, and they do such a good job of balancing like what's in her mind and what's happening. And, um, and so that's a real good excuse to have, you know, in reality, they're, you know, in prison, like in the scene, but then in their minds, they're performing and they're, you know, they quick transition over to, a more play-like set. Um, and so they do that a lot of uh, different times. And I think the tango scene is really good. Um, I, like you mentioned, I liked uh, the use of the red scarves and it's so like sexy and exciting and fun to listen to. Um, especially for someone like me that I do appreciate musicals, but I don't have like, you know, I'm not like a musical uh, expert by any means so it's kind of cool for me i i really am able to appreciate uh the, the the choreography in that part 
Um, I guess I also really liked, uh, and I can't remember the song, so you're going to have to help me with that, the name of the song, but uh, Renee Zellweger, when she's singing about the actual crime. Oh, Funny Honey? Yes. I I liked the way they did that one, too, because, you know, anytime uh, she sings or does like a dance number, it's in her mind. I think this is something that I probably didn't know until I watched the film that, you know, she's not a cabaret dancer in the beginning. She's just a wannabe that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, kills this guy over the fact that he won't promote her work. And you're sort of on her side a little bit at first because it's like, yeah, he's like sleazy and using her. her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, um, the but the other flip side of that is that she has a husband that loves her. It's like he can't make her famous, but he he loves her. So she, uh, whenever she kind of can't deal with reality or, you know, wants to craft a different reality than what's happening, she kind of goes into this projected image of herself where she's like a performer. Um, and so I really like that song. I like the way that it starts out. I think the visuals are really cool and I love her flapper dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I also really like when she's like singing on the stage in that sort of like nightgown uh, and it's next to Amos, basically, yeah, as she calls it, selling her out, but telling the truth. And right. I, I really like that whole like back and forth. I think that was like a really cool way to film it where you kind of get the best of both worlds. They didn't have to justify mm-hmm. like she wouldn't be singing if she were next to him in real life. This is kind of like in her head. And I just yeah. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. And I and I think they did a great job like that, like you said, with Cell Block Tango, where they would go back and forth between. I mean, they talk a lot in that song anyway, but they would mm-hmm. go back and forth between talking in rhythm and with music and then showing them in prison just talking. And so that yeah. was like a really cool, like you said, you kind of go back and forth between what they would really be like when they were telling their story versus, yeah, the glamorous performing side of it. So, yeah, I have to say, like, Renee Zellweger surprised me. I think I had like a preconceived notion of what her performance was going to be like or what she was going to be like based on other movies. Not that I've ever thought she was a bad actress at all, but she's just one of those people that's so famous. It's like, I think of her this way, you know? And so I kind of wondered how I was going to feel watching it. It had been years since I'd seen it, Uh, but it's crazy how well she fits that look. She does. I legit, so I was watching, so while I was watching this, I took a 30 minute break to like research how I could get those finger waves in my hair for the next competition. I was like, I need to wear my hair like that. And like totally got derailed. Like hey, you minutes. know what? You're not alone in the movie. Even Queen Latifah changes yeah. her hair to hers. No, I've, I always watch tutorials trying to figure that out. If you could see how many failed attempts I've had at like styling my hair, it's sad. So if you figured out, please let me know. Uh, but yeah, she looks so good. I mean, she's got that little pout and like her face is just so suited to that. And even her voice. I mean, she does a good job. So I think that was one of my favorites. Um, and then the other one that I really liked, you kind of touched on earlier, was Queen Latifah. Uh, I can't remember. What's the name of the song? I know her character's um, name is Mama. Yeah. It, I think I would have. Oh, uh, When You're Good down. to Mama. When You're Good yeah. to Mama. I thought, yeah. so I know that I think Kathy Bates was originally considered yeah, which, for this role. And I think she was like doing another movie, which, uh, I mean, I love Kathy Bates, but I would too. not want her in this role. Like, well, she just doesn't have that glamour to me. Like, not at all. And I feel I like, know. you know, I haven't seen like the original musical or anything. Right. Um, but I, think I haven't seen that either. Like, I'm kind of basing all of this off of the movie, too. So. so, yeah, you know, I haven't seen the original, but based on, you know, the casting with Kathy Bates, it seems like 
they were probably aiming more for her as like a tough prison guard. And mm-hmm. so I don't think that song was meant to be like as seductive, you know? Right. I mean, maybe, but, but it's just Queen Latifah just, I mean, she just oozes like, she puts a total different spin on so that tough too. Like, yeah. I don't just, I don't understand how you don't cast her in that. Like, Right. She was like perfect. <laughs> and in fact, when I was watching the behind the scenes, um, the director changed the blocking of the whole thing because I think originally oh, yeah. her song was going to be like from the prison cell and it's like, she's just singing it, but he thought she was so good or let me rephrase that. He he redid the blocking. She was just going to be, I think, on stage singing. But then when he saw her performance and her in the dress and everything, he's like, I want you to like work the audience while you're doing this song. Like sort of make it like, you know, like a sort of a, a sexy number where you go out into the audience and talk to everybody and everything. And it put like a different vibe different to the whole thing. It. And it's it's one of my favorite songs in the movie. I really think she did a great job. Yeah, no, that is a. I mean, I think though, anytime you mention this is a great song, I'd be like, yeah, that's one of my favorites too. I would say that about almost every song. In this uh, true, movie, they're all so. really good, and the soundtrack. Recommend anyone listen to it, <laughs> even Class, which did not make the movie because it's a bit obscene, but it's a great song. <laughs> Ooh, I'll definitely have to listen to that one. Yeah, uh, yeah like I think that uh, when I was watching. Um, you know, learning a little bit more about this. I know Queen Latifah said that she hadn't done any theater like this, I don't think. I think maybe like a play or something in school or but right. you know, she's no she was known more for, you know, hi- uh, hip hop and and so this was sort of out of left field for her, but it just seemed like such a natural fit. Um yeah, like, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I mean it definitely just kind of felt yeah, like she was at home in that role, which was amazing and the feather fans and yeah whenever she starts having her hair and finger curls it's just she's perfect (laughs) yeah and to go back to you know you talked about um cellophane yeah that part i you know i always like you said before i always enjoy enjoy i always enjoy (laughs) seeing john c Riley, but uh i he really stood out in, in this film um i think he sent in like his audition tape he was like really campaigning to get this role um this was like yeah especially he was like right in the thick of just being a character actor like this was before he like hitched his wagon to uh yeah laying on his name oh my gosh anyway will ferrell like this was (laughs) yeah so yeah he he was always in the background like i know Mm -hmm. like he did um like some paul thomas anderson films and other stuff but this kind of puts him a little more center stage is that corny anyway but uh he he does such a good job in this film and i think that that like you said earlier that um his performance is very moving and i love the clown makeup i think that was a nice touch i didn't know that was his own spin on it but i love that um it was great and then i think the the last one you talked about was uh richard gear's tap dancing scene Mm-hmm. I did wonder what you thought about that, especially as somebody that dances. I was like, was that good? Was it? I can never tell because I, I don't I dance. I mean, I've, I have not done a lot of tap. Any tap that I have was just like choreographed into my routines. And I did like the six counts of it that I knew were eight counts and then be like, all right, moving on. Um, <laughs> I did read somewhere that he had like taken tap for like three months to like. Oh, wow. And it took him like, I think almost a whole day or maybe half a day to shoot that scene. I mean. A lot of times with the taps, though, I will watch the background dancers just because I know that they're the ones that are actually trained to do this. So I'm more interested <laughs> in that. Um, 
but I have to say, I do like, I always like the stunt where like he's laying on the girls and they're rolling over. Yes. I thought that looked just, so cool. That looked awesome. Like they pulled that off really well. Um, so I, I think it's like stunts like that where it's like, I honestly don't care how well, how like technically good he's, he's tap dancing is <laughs> like just do, you know, tricks like that. And I'm, I'm entertained. Yeah, and it seemed like he was really all in, at least from what the director was saying. And, yeah. um, you know, everybody really cared about the project, and he did a great job. And as this kind of sleazy lawyer, um, right. yeah. Yeah, and um, I was just kind of looking over the facts I had noted down. I did, um, like we were saying earlier, that Catherine Zeta Jones was the one that actually had like a theater background, but she was pregnant at the time. So, I had no idea. Yeah, she was a couple of months pregnant, so I guess they had to use like a body double to like do her back and like other air, like whenever that she was dancing, um, as long as her face wasn't visible, they would use a body double, so you couldn't tell oh, like, wow. that she was a few months pregnant. Yeah. So what a trooper! I'm glad yeah. they didn't fire her though, you know, because yeah. they do that a lot. So it's like it's cool that they kept her on. Absolutely, and and I also didn't realize that she's actually younger than Renee Zellweger. Like she looks so much older than her in this movie. And I she think does. Also her being married to Michael Douglas makes me think she's a lot older than she is. So <laughs> you got that going for you. But I was like, like, man, at her age, and I was like, wait, she's like a year younger. I totally it. thought she was older. I think she yeah. seems more mature. Yeah. And, well, she's and her the- character just in general is the more tenured, you know, been around for a while. Her, you know, she is the seasoned cabaret dancer. And so I think that just plays into the part as well. But. Yeah, and in the interviews, Renee Zellweger talks about her being just so experienced, and she was teaching her. So I just kind of, yeah, all that. I just thought she was the older one. It's interesting. But I think she comes from the acting, like you know, a big acting family and all that too. Versus, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But and I also we talked about how many awards this thing won. It's like if you look at the awards it's lost, it like more about half the time they were losing to themselves. Like that's so crazy. Queen Latifah <laughs> lost Best Supporting Actress to Catherine Zeta-Jones. Like, oh wow! Like, and I get that Renee Zellweger was lead actress, but I feel like it was actually two leads. Like the fact that I it agree. And I, if I remember right, I, there was actually like argument about billing, like who would be listed first. Ooh, like, juicy! <laughs> um, yeah, if it was Catherine Zeta-Jones or Renee Zellweger. So that's why when I saw that she had won Best Supporting, I was like, wait, I thought there was two leads. I'm confused. So. Yeah, I was surprised by that too. I guess like narratively, it is supposed to mm-hmm. be more centered on Roxy Hart. Like right. you learn more about her. But Catherine Zeta-Jones presence as Velma Kelly just is almost like so overwhelming. It seemed like the main conflict was with her. And so I kind of thought that they were both equal billing and you know both yeah. number one on the call sheet <laughs> like yeah, yeah it's interesting <laughs> did you have any other scenes that you kind of wanted to touch on um not scenes uh per se but I actually really like Ty Diggs and his like limited role as the concert master or whatever he was where he like oh, introduces yeah. everybody and everything like I love him he's just a doll so it was nice to just like every once in a while have him sprinkled in throughout the movie, <laughs> even though he didn't dance for us and he's a great dancer. So that was sad. But <laughs> oh, I wonder why he didn't dance. They just well, but I just think that part he's you know yeah. he's just at the piano and um, but yeah, like I just enjoyed seeing him around and um, but yeah, and we can go a little bit further into the end of the trial, which is okay. So great. Yeah, let's do it. Um, 
so uh, Richard Gere's character, um, Billy Flynn, ends up actually saving both Phil McKelly and Roxy Hart with one stunt, which is the best. Um, <laughs> so he basically forges a whole diary of for Roxy Hart and Velma Kelly is the one that like submits it and basically takes a plea deal to be a witness. Um, so she supposedly finds this diary, which is actually, it's been forged, but then the diary basically shows that Roxy Hart didn't do it either. And so everyone falls for it because everyone's so dazzling and impressive, but it was just the whole, like, it was actually a twist you don't really see coming. Um, yeah, no, I didn't. It. So, and then it has the heartbreaking scene of John C. Riley realizing that. So they She's lied to him, pregnant. like, ha- what, halfway? <laughs> yeah, they lied to him ha- about halfway through because Roxy Hart is upset. She's not getting enough attention. So she fakes a pregnancy, like every psycho white girl. So <laughs> she fakes a pregnancy, and then John C. Riley thinks it's his and is told it's not his and it's told it's his and then finds out there's not really even a baby like this whole thing so poor guy i know along um but yeah just the, the end of the trial it was just like a nice twist that i wasn't quite expecting to come along yeah so that was that was refreshing because everything else did feel a little bit like okay like i'm along for this ride but i know where it's going so um right i wonder how that compares to the history of what happened like yeah it doesn't similar? seem like that. it seemed more like as for the story yeah that and it kind of yeah and it kind of reminded me of something that actually happened in a trial um and now i'm gonna blank on this actress's name let me look it up but <laughs> i saw a documentary i think it was last year or the year before about um a very famous actress that had to go to trial because her husband she was trying to divorce her husband um and leave him but he got a hold of her diary and he like threatened to tell everybody about it and get her children taken away from her because in her diary she uh had talked endlessly about all the people she had had sex with Mm. and um they weren't very close in their marriage and they were both cheating on each other but he basically just to control her like was like i'm gonna use this against you and stuff like that and they ended up i think proving in the trial that he like added pages or something like that to it to try to make her look worse and they couldn't prove which one she wrote which one she didn't and they ended up having to throw it all out of court wow yeah it was real crazy oh yeah he he took some pages out of her diary and was like but then they were like well how do we know that was really out of her diary you know like it turned into like this whole thing of like you can't even prove that she wrote that um so she ended up winning the case but um man and i cannot remember her name i'm sure there's somebody listening at home that's like screaming right now um but but yeah i'll think of it later but it kind of reminded me of that it just thought that was interesting but yeah no i really do like that twist um and 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 even roxy is not um she has no idea that that's what billy finn's planning and he later tells her like sorry i I couldn't clue you in because i had to make it like convincing Mm -hmm. um so yeah i like that too yeah yeah billy flynn is he plays that role really well where he's just basically a sleaze bag after money and definitely like hooks up with all of his clients and (laughs) is just a terrible terrible person (laughs) yeah pretty much 
Yeah. The Maltese Falcon. That's the movie. Was, uh, Mary Astor was her name. Oh, okay. So yeah, I think it was called okay. like The Trial of Mary Astor. Yeah. I could not remember the name of that movie. And I love that movie. I just could not remember the name of it for some reason. But yeah, her name is Mary Astor. So look her up. It's a very interesting story. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, so back to this movie. I love my tangents, so <laughs> I kind of go off on them sometimes. But um, do, are, are there any other like things about the movie that you wanted to discuss? Um, not off the top of my head. I mean, I could probably go on and on about each musical number, but um, <laughs> yeah. And then I don't know how I feel about the ending, to be honest. Like, I kind of liked. So immediately after the trial didn't work or she got, you know, she got freed and, you know, acquitted, um, mm-hmm. she still is a terrible cabaret dancer. Nothing has changed about that. So she still was <laughs> not able to get a job. Um, her 15 minutes of fame were up and she wasn't able to ride that to, you know, actually being a performer. So at first I was like, good. You know, she's because <laughs> by the time, you know, she actually is done with the trial, you're kind of. I felt like you're I was, over her. Least, yeah, you're over her. You're kind of rooting against her in a way. Just, I think it was really dragging everyone along and faking pregnancy that I was like, okay, like, whatever. Um, but I am still rooting for Velma Kelly. And so when she comes around and they team up, it's like, well, all right. <laughs> yeah, I love that line where she says, like, she's like, but I hate you or hate your guts. And she's like, this is the one job where that doesn't matter. Like, I love that. <laughs> it's almost better. <laughs> like, yeah. that you guys actually don't like <laughs> each other. And then like every other character in the musical basically is in the audience for their like, final show. Um, mm-hmm. Just to remind everybody who all was in it. Um, yeah, I think the closing number is actually probably one of the weaker ones. Mm. But... Um, I mean, it's not bad. I think it's just you have such good and then you just tie like such good musical numbers throughout and then you just kind of tie it all together with nowadays. Yeah, like for me, I guess for me, it's like when the trial's over in my head, I'm like, all right, that's the end. And so the last last number, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, they teamed up. But yeah, I'm with you. Like I like when, you know, Velma Kelly approaches Roxy Hart and is saying, hey, let's team up because nobody cares about just one murderess now. Because literally, whenever... <laughs> so, so blasé now. Yeah, exactly. Well, and they say, or like in the movie, the minute Roxy's acquitted and, you know, she thinks she's about to get all this attention because she just gotten released, another woman kills her lawyer outside the courthouse. So Oh, yeah. Is it Lucy Liu? Uh, no, Lucy Lou's earlier. She's the oh, one okay, that sorry. killed her boyfriend and his two lovers in bed. And like, oh, so that's right. Okay. She's the one that Billy Flynn originally was going to drop Roxy Hart as his client. Oh, um, okay, okay. But that's when Roxy face or fakes the pregnancy. Gotcha. Um, okay. Yeah, I had that backwards. Yeah. No. And then it's just like I don't even know if the, who the actress is, if it's even anybody recognizable, but um. What media, like, how did you watch this movie? Did you happen to watch it, um, like, rented through Amazon like I did? I rented it through iTunes. Oh, okay. I had the captions on, and it was sometimes the funniest thing. Like, because <laughs> they would definitely censor it in a way. But Oh, interesting. So Lucy Liu is, like, she has basically one line in this whole thing, and it's go to hell, or three words, go to hell. 
But instead of even just saying go to heck, the caption said take a hike. And I take about, a hike. Take a hike. <laughs> and I about lost it. Like I don't know why. But it's there not was like as times strong. all through. Yeah, exactly. Like there's times throughout the movie where they like change the words to something appropriate. I'm like, it's just closed captioning. It's not like dubbed. I don't right. understand. Whatever. <laughs> so um but yeah, once you mentioned Lucy Lou, that made me think about the captioning cracked me up. <laughs> Um, but even though she's hardly in it, she's great too. <laughs> yeah, she is. Um, yeah, I, I do. So, so yeah. So at the end, she uh, that happens. She um, is upstaged by someone else, and so it leads into the last number. I guess I can kind of understand though why they felt like they had to end it on like a musical number. You know? Yeah, I, I <laughs> get that. Kinda... I guess it's just you just wanted her to get it. Yeah, I did. Like, I kind of, <laughs> I, I wish there had been, like, this juxtaposition of, like, Velma Kelly still being successful and Roxy Hart still being horrible. <laughs> so but. I have to ask, how come you feel more sympathy for Velma Kelly? She killed, like, two people. She did kill two people, but. <laughs> You're like, she did, but I liked her more. <laughs> I liked her more. Yeah, well, that's okay. That's fair. Yeah, I think it's just because I didn't have to witness her hurting somebody that I care so much deeply that's about, like true. Amos. Like I was yeah. just rooting for she Amos. She didn't upset so John C. Riley, exactly. so that's different. And make him dress like a clown. So no, I think <laughs> you know her situation is she finds her husband and her sister in bed together. So versus killing your the guy you're sleeping with because he lied to you about being an agent and you slept with him the night you met him because he told you he was a talent agent. And I'm like, that's a little on you, girl. Like. Yeah, it's a, it's a little more. Yeah, yeah. Not, I'm saying that. it's okay that. to kill your husband and your sister, but yeah. so okay. So I've, I'm recording. You said it's okay to kill your husband. <laughs> You're gonna no, edit sorry. that out <laughs> and be like, "It is okay. <laughs> it's totally a. We're fine with murder. No, no. yeah, no. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, so you said you hadn't started dancing yet when uh, when you saw this. So so that kind of you said that. Did that inspire you to dance or um I think I think more so it's my love of big band music and swing and jazz that inspired me to like this movie and inspired me to dance. Um cool. Yeah, like I had I guess I had done a little bit of swing dancing in high school. Um I wasn't competing or anything at that point, but I did at least do some swing dancing in high school, so I think that did feed into me liking this movie. Um, but I didn't know any like choreography or any, you know, partner, real partner dancing. It was more just I got dragged out, you know, to the local swing club a couple times in high school and stumbled my way through it. Um, but I think going back now that I have danced, I do. It makes me really kind of enjoy the choreography aspect of it um, a little bit more just because I can I actually really understand now how difficult that is and how difficult even something as sim- seemingly as simple as like the same person or two different people doing the exact same thing side by side is like that is insanely yeah. difficult so um i think probably at least fed me into more of like the routine that i did i'm sure you probably saw the video that i did a year ago um which was of side by side jazz club routine um this probably did feed into that quite a bit um as far as it wasn't cabaret by any means we were in tux pants and button up tops but uh, it definitely still had that kind of feel of of a performance. I don't know. 
it, it definitely still was part of this era, just a different venue. Do you feel like the 1920s is like your favorite era? Uh, probably. Yeah, I think so. Um, like late teens to probably early 30s. I am a big fan of the 50s too, but I feel like my personality, I guess, maybe fits more 20s. Cool. Uh, so I'll I'll bring up my last couple of questions for you then. All right. Um, what what do you love about this movie? Why do you think that you've seen it so many times? Um, I mean, I'm just, I love musicals. I always will, I think. Um, I, I sing to myself all the time. I, like <laughs> I love person. that. Um, so I think it's a musical set in like my favorite decade. <laughs> and I honestly also really like movies where I realize no one's a good person. Like, I don't know. You like that moral ambiguity. Yeah, absolutely. Like, which I, at first I always thought made me a bad person, but then watching this and how like I latched on to Amos, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a good person. I just <laughs> understand that most people are, you know, or not most, but there are times where it are like worlds where I mean, like we're rewatching Better Call Saul right now. And it's like very similar to and like Breaking Bad where it's like, no, like basically all the characters, like Hank and Breaking Bad, like you, you hate him, but you realize he's actually the good person and everything. So <laughs> it's, I just like stuff like that. Um, so that's probably a big part of it is just jazz, liquor and <laughs> musicals. Like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, and I mean, like a lot of people love, you know, sort of anti-hero stories, right? Oh, yeah. um, those are interesting and they humanize those characters, you know, like if they're you just actually relate to the hero in a way that like you couldn't sometimes, you know, like superheroes yeah. kind of like, uh, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, they're very flawed characters and I think flawed characters are easier to relate to. So yeah, I yeah. don't think you should spend too much time with introspection on that. I don't think it makes you a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, you loved Amos, so it's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I hadn't watched this movie in years. Like mm -hmm. I think, and I think I was in the wrong headspace when I first watched it. Not that I didn't like it, like in the sense of, I thought, oh, this was a bad movie, but I think that I had not been watching a lot of musicals at the time when I saw it. So I don't think mm -hmm. I appreciated it in quite the same way that I did when I rewatched it now. Yeah. It's definitely very music, musical heavy. Like none of the music, I mean, they, they actually are a bit more organic just because they do tie in. Like yeah, they do a good job weaving here. it in the story. They do, but it does still sometimes seem so like forced in there a little bit. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, they're singing again. I love it, but um, I I can I understand when people are like musicals are a bit much. Like I feel <laughs> like there's got to be more between like not musicals and I think Disney does the best job of being like musicals, but not. You know, it doesn't feel like everyone. Yeah, they're more like other. general audience kind of. Yeah. 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 So, um, which I think those are probably if if people insist they don't like musicals, then I'm like, well, Disney, like at least that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think if you don't like them, I don't know. I it, dip your toe in, you know, like 
open your mind to the possibilities because i think hamilton's done a great job at that like oh, for sure modernizing you know mm-hmm. bringing in that newer audience i think like kind of how i mentioned the greatest showman kind of did that with pop music right. and then hamilton you know which i would not compare the two i think hamilton is superior <laughs> to that movie but i'm just saying right. like audience wise i think that um uh, you know, that's a good thing. You're introducing a whole new generation to the possibilities of enjoying musicals and they should enjoy them. So yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I think that this is a good example of, of a musical. Um, I think it's a, it's probably like a good beginner one, yeah. I would say, you know, because yeah. if you're not like 100% dedicated, you're not ready for like rent yet. You could dip your toe <laughs> in this one. It's got a lot of familiar faces. Well, rent's actually an opera. So that's oh. a whole other. Yeah, See, I didn't even opera. know that. The, I'm the movie, educated. they turned it into like, it has some scenes in it. But mm-hmm. if you go to the stage production, it is an opera. There is no oh. talking. Mm-hmm. On one of our episodes, we read like the three different definitions between like opera, musical, and there was like one other one. And I was like, oh, but I've yeah. since forgotten. Yeah. Well, I'm learning all kinds of things today. <laughs> but yeah, so um, that's, yeah, I would not ever recommend. I mean, I love Rent and I once watched it three days and like three times in a day because different people want to watch it with me. And I was like, okay. You're By like, I guess time, I, I have like, to. <laughs> all right. Sure. Like, you know, it was when it first came out on DVD and I was the person who got it first. So, yeah, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is definitely not something to start with. This is, this is a good example of one. Um, Into the Woods, I think, is pretty approachable as well i haven't um, seen that one so that's why i was being so silent when you talked about it i was like oh no i know nothing i'll no, have to check totally that out fine. yeah check it out <laughs> i mean it's got chris pine in it and it's got i think meryl streep so how can you go wrong with those two true um, true so it's one of those that i think if you haven't seen the stage play the movie is great <laughs> and it's just <laughs> i sound like one of those you know like well the book is so much better of course the book is better the book is complete like yeah. You know what I mean? No, so. but I get your feeling. Like, I felt that way about, like, Jersey Boys. You know, like, I loved oh, yeah. the musical. And then the movie, I was like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's I what mean, it is with Into the Woods. They cut out my favorite song. Uh, um, well, that's unforgivable. Yeah. <laughs> but well, I'll still check it out. The thing with Chicago is there's, like, like nowadays it's sung a couple times. And I think all that jazz makes an appearance every once in a while. But you don't have to be as knowledgeable as, like, to know, like, the through line. Like, Right. Like most musicals, you have like the same like three or four phrases that are in like almost not every song, but like appear multiple times throughout the whole musical and mm. like it ties everything together. This isn't quite like that. Like this is much of standalone pieces, mostly each about a different character to like introduce you to what's going on with them. And it's pretty straightforward. And I think I think that is also part of the appeal is just. There's not a lot of thinking. You're just taking this in and you're having a good time with it. Yeah. Um, not not a whole lot of analytics is involved in this. So <laughs> right. Nothing wrong nice with that. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I guess that kind of feeds into my next question. You may have already answered it, but how do you pitch this movie to someone that hasn't seen it before? Um, I mean, I think we're also in an age of where true crime, when, I mean, get rented. Well, this is based off true crime, but. Where like, you know, crime stories and documentaries and all that are high. So this is that in a musical number. Um, I mean, Great Gatsby is huge. So that's also popular right now. That's um, true. So this kind of feeds into a lot of what's popular right now in culture. So that's always makes it more approachable. But I would I would say this is like, it feels more like a Disney type musical to me. So yeah, I would definitely sell it as like, you know, it's a movie about 
murders and jazz and the dangers of the twenties and getting caught up in fame. Like that's about, it's about what it boils down to. Um, I love that. Yeah. So, and I, and yeah, it's a movie you don't need to analyze. Like we all, Mm -hmm. there's so much out there that now like has layers upon layers upon layers. And this of course does have some, but it's pretty straightforward. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, it's it's a pretty straightforward story. It has a slight twist, but it's not one that's inconceivable. Like it, it makes sense. Um, so yeah, no, I think, I think that's how I would just pitch it or just be like, get through the first 30 minutes. And then if you're still like, I don't know about this. Okay. But at least get to Queen or, or at least just watch the cell block tango scene. Like if that's <laughs> all you watch, watch I it. I agree. Like, cause I was like about done watching it when Curtis got home and he was like, I know you just watched it, but can we watch cell block tango? And I'm like, yeah, of course. So that's that. how he sounds like for the record guys. Not, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think, and that's how actually I would approach a lot of musicals too. If you're not sure how you feel about it, go on YouTube and watch like certain scenes. Um, yeah. Cause that's how I've, kind of like watching the Tony Awards because they do a lot of like one that's how I got into Book of Mormon because they did like their number at the Tonys and I was like I like that a lot I want to know what this is all about you know yeah so they don't have a movie for that yet I don't believe but um so I think that's also another not just this movie but a lot of movies is or a lot of musicals is listen to the soundtrack first like I'm not big on spoilers but for a musical usually Usually musicals don't have a lot of twists and turns. Like it's more about using music to tell the story. So Yeah, I, I agree. So I think, or at least listen to the first half of a soundtrack or watch a couple, you know, numbers. Um, yeah. And don't pigeonhole just, there is a musical for every kind of taste out there. So I totally agree. I can't tell you how many times, like, like either for this podcast or, you know, just, I was watching it. Sometimes I'll watch something that, you know, Nick is like not interested in. (laughs) And then he just happens to physically be there. And then he ends up getting caught up in it. And like, I don't think he'd ever seen like singing in the rain. And I was like, okay, I do like that musical. Like it's very Mm -hmm. enjoyable. And so like we watched it together and he was like, I loved that. (laughs) And like he said, it kind of begrudgingly. He's like, I get it now. And it's like, I know it's like one of those musicals you're like, oh, this is like something like your parents force you to watch when you're like a kid or something. Right. Um, I'm not going to like this, but it's just really good. It's like, you know, and so I think what you said earlier too about this sort of being a musical for more like general audience people like and comparing it to Disney. I mean, this guy has even done Disney movies. He's about mm-hmm. to do another one. So I agree. I think it's a little more accessible in that way. No, don't want to detract it all from, um, you know, other more true to life, I guess, musicals. But this one is one that's, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to digest. Like you said, doesn't require a lot of introspection, but it's a lot of fun. So, so yeah, yeah I, I, I like that. I think that's a pretty good pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Amanda, is there anything that you want to plug before we wrap up? I don't think so. I mean, I don't have my own podcast or nothing. (laughs) Yet. Yet. Unless I do something (laughs) about dancing. So (laughs) you can always find my dance videos. They're they're, uh, public on Facebook. So perhaps I'll have Lisa share my 
swing one I did last. last yes, year. absolutely. I was going to ask you that. Is it okay if we share <laughs> some of your videos? Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, that's that's pretty much all I got going on right now. So that's awesome. <laughs> well, I'm as as I always tell you tell you that um, I'm so jealous of all your dancing. It's so cool. I love watching your videos. Yeah, Sometimes you. when you or Curtis post them, I'm like, okay, Lisa, don't hit like too fast. <laughs> Like, like I called you out that one day. I was yeah. like, oh, did you watch like, it? And you're like, not yet. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> but but yeah, like I, you know, I just think it's so cool. I think that that's something growing up I always wanted to do, but I didn't end up doing. Um, so I just really admire when other people do it. And it's just such a cool talent to like pull out at a party or just whenever like it's just very fun so i will definitely share some of your videos and i really appreciate that you took the time out today to be wow. on my show Thank i you really i'm glad we finally got to work because this is like yeah. what, the third or fourth time oh yeah yeah so. behind the scenes podcasting uh we had some technical difficulties and scheduling conflicts but you know what life happens and exactly. i totally understand and i had my own scheduling conflicts too so it happens. We made it happen. It just made it all the more exciting when we finally recorded. So um, oh. <laughs> thank you for picking this movie. I'm so glad we talked about it. And you're going to have to think up another one for the next time we record. Yeah. Well, I think I'm like pinhole myself as like the musical person, which I'm Please. okay with. So <laughs> I'll find That's awesome. Maybe we'll do Into the Woods to make you watch it. So. Yes. Awesome. Okay. We'll, we'll do. <laughs> all right. Well, have a good night. All right. You too.